Heavenly Father, I thank you for the anointing on this man. I thank you that we all get to hear your word through this vessel, through this man of God. We thank you that you have chosen him. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm reaching new heights of pathetic this morning, and that's okay. Um, I've got the man flu, and I'm really tired. You heard the story, haven't you? The guy said, oh, I don't want to go to church today. And his wife said, you have to. You're the pastor. <laughs> I like coming here. It's refreshing. Anyway, so I'm talking about the Holy Spirit's power. So I love some of the sharing, and I love what um, Kim shared as well. Um, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, see, I said it again, said it last week, didn't I? One of my favorite verses in the Bible is, one of my other favorite verses in the Bible is, um, so dangerous. There's scary noises happening up here in the audio box, Adam, if that helps you problem solve. Like, bzzz. What was I saying? Did I tell you the verse? Ah, oh, I left you hanging. That's fun. Can't remember it now. No, I'm just kidding. In our weakness, he is strong. In our weakness, he is strong. In our weakness. I know if this is true, Jared, but mate, you look like a bloke this morning sitting up here that's got a small child that doesn't sleep. Is that true? That's okay. And I just felt really like I could understand you this morning because I don't have a small child that doesn't sleep, but that's how I feel this morning. Hey, and, and you know what? It's just, it's okay. It's okay. And I think sometimes the reason we miss out on the power of God is we're not okay to be weak. We're not okay to feel miserable. In our weakness, he is strong. During the week, we're up in Port Macquarie and was a Salvo thing, um, some Salvo leaders. And um, they asked, we got into groups and they said, oh, who's one of the most humble people? Tell us about some people you know who are humble. And I talked about this guy, um, amazing, right? Dr. Alan Harley. Um, he was so humble that when he came, he, let me paint a bit of a picture. He was a Salvation Army in Canada. And you think the Salvation Army has been a weird organisation, it has, and hasn't always done the right thing. And this guy got sick, right? And back in those days, I don't know whether it's the 40s, 50s or whatever, um, he went to his boss at DC and he said, um, I'm sick. And his DC said, Salvation Army officers don't get sick. So he had to quit, right? Anyway, one of this amazing journey, when I first come across him here as the head of the Wesleyan Institute, Wesley Institute in Sydney, the dean. So he's an incredibly smart guy. We had this other officer's thing one time at a retreat and he taught from the book of Ephesians from his Greek New Testament. All right? Greek New Testament, he just read the Greek and explained it all to us. Like, amazing. And so he felt God lead him back to the Salvation Army in probably about 1998. And this is a part I resent probably... <laughs> If we're being honest this morning, he was called Captain Dr. Alan Harley because you know he should have been major or colonel in my books because that's he'd done the hard yards, you know. But because he hadn't served in the Salvation Army for a thousand years, um, 
he was captain. And he didn't care that he was called Captain Dr. Alan Harley. Actually, he's just Alan. But what I love, this is how, you know, you, over the years, one of my favourite journeys has been to grow in, I think I've grown in discernment. And one of the things I've learned is that when you connect with an arrogant person, you come away feeling less than. But when you connect with a humble person, you come away feeling okay about yourself. Isn't that amazing? And what I want to talk about is that kind of humility that Alan Harley had is we can't create that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. And so this morning I want to talk about um, do we want to be Christian or Christ-like? You got a hand out there somewhere. Um, and Christian actually means follower of Jesus. And I was trying to find a cool term. This was my original title for this sermon. And I thought, I just can't. And then I thought, no, this is what I want. I thought, oh, that sounds really weird or almost heretical. Christian or Christ-like. Can you actually be one? Well, Christ, Christian means follower of Christ, right? And I might be pushing the boundaries a little bit this morning, but I thought, you know what? Judas was a follower of Christ. <laughs> he followed Jesus for three years and he never got it. He missed it completely. He never became like Jesus. But then there was John who rested his head on Jesus' breast, it says. And if you read the letters of John, you understand that I think John understood God's love, Jesus' love better than anyone ever did. And so you read the Gospel of John, you read the letters of John. That thing's still buzzing. So it only costs a million dollars, so we should be able to replace it. <laughs> um, so do we want to be Christian or Christ-like? That's my question this morning, right? Um, so I want to look at Romans 8. And if you know anything about the Bible, Paul's Greek is terrible. So I don't really like preaching from anything Paul writes. Because it's really hard to work out what he's trying to say. But we'll give it a crack. So number one, in Christ, there's no need to keep paying for my sin. I'm sitting down just to see how long I can stay seated. Has anyone got a timer on? <laughs> All right, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. The Passion Translation. Romans 8.1. So we're going to journey from Romans 8 through to Romans 8.1 to 8.11. So now the case is closed. Do you hear that? That's why I chose the Passion Translation here. The case is closed. The court case is actually finished. There remains no accusing voice of condemnation against those who are joined in life union with Jesus, the anointed one. The case is closed. There is now, if you are in relationship with Jesus... I don't care who says nasty things about you. The case is closed. There is now, therefore, no condemnation. Now let's hear what condemnation means. This is cool. Um, literally translated, the punishment following a sentence. So you receive a sentence and you get a punishment. Who I, I really want to know if this still happens. Do people... Um, has anyone recently, like in the last five years or so, or even two years, been let off a speeding ticket? Anyone? Does that still happen? Yeah? Yeah, how cool is that? I just think that didn't happen anymore. In like, it's probably like 19, I don't know, 1,000 years ago, 1989 probably. I was doing my the third, I know you weren't born, you don't have to laugh about it. 
You were born, awesome. How old is that guy? I'm old. I was driving up to Maryborough from Nambour one Sunday afternoon, didn't feel like doing that. I was leaving my girlfriend behind, blah, 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 feeling pity, sorry for myself in my little 1974 model Galant that had no speedo working. And I'm coming out, I'm just reading by the taco. You ever did that? Anyone old enough to just put a tachometer on your car and you try to guess the speed? It's heaps of fun until the police are there and you have no idea how fast you're going. And so I got done for speeding and this guy must have looked in the window and said, that guy just looks pathetic. And he, I don't know. Anyway, he let me off. And I was so happy. That, oh, how nice is that guy? Hey? Don't knock the Queensland police. It's a lovely thing for him to do. But this is what happens when we put our life in Christ. We get let off what we should pay. And you know what? I think the hardest concept for people to grasp is grace. Because where else do you experience grace except in Christianity? Grace is getting free stuff. No strings attached. Free. I remember doing a sermon on grace once. I started just giving out free stuff. You'd love me to do that sermon here, eh? And I remember giving away a $50 note to someone. And I didn't think they were going to receive it. Anyway, about three years later, it ended up in our letterbox. When we had our first child, I reckon that's the same $50. Couldn't receive it, right? Couldn't receive it. And when you hear something that's free, you go, what's the catch? I don't know how many of you this morning are still going to God, what's the catch, dude? What's the catch? There's no catch. There's no catch. It's free. Like, I don't know, it just still blows my mind. One commentator said, believers must, believers in Jesus must be assured of God's acceptance before they can grow in grace. We've got to say, you know what, if Jesus said Christ's death on the cross is enough, then it's enough. What are you still trying to pay for by your good works? If I could just be good enough. Well, I can't be good enough. I'm still disappointed even this morning in my own patheticness. But it's not about that. It doesn't matter how pathetic I am. It only matters how awesome God is and how powerful he is. People say, how can God love me? Because God's love has got nothing to do with you. Does that make sense? We get our value not from being valuable, but because God loves us and he values us. That's what makes us lovable and valuable. So that's the first one. I don't need to keep trying to pay for my sin. There's no condemnation. I don't have to make up for anything. I don't have to do penance, praise God. I don't have to pay for it because Jesus paid for it. Number two, in Christ, there's no need to keep on giving in to temptation. Hallelujah. There's a great lie of the devil. You can't help it. Of course you can help it. If you're in Christ, we have power over sin. It says here in Romans 8.3, clothed with humanity. God's Son gave his body to be the sin offering so that God could once and for all condemn or overcome the power of guilt and the power of sin. On the cross, Jesus overcame the power of sin and guilt. He paid the price so that we don't have to. So funny. Has anyone got friends who are like, well, maybe you haven't got friends that are complete computer nerds. Maybe you are the computer nerd. Um, and like we're blessed here, right? Thanks for owning it. Um, we're really blessed around here, right, hey, for your computer nerd, because we got the role, first rollout of the NBN, 
where the fiber optic comes right into your house. Right? If that doesn't mean anything to you, you are not a computer nerd. But if like you get excited about that, and like me and my family, we're the tightest people I know, right? So when we have to get our, what do you call it, connection to the internet, we got the cheapest deal we could get, right? And so I'm trying to work out how, which company should I go with. There's a thousand of them out there. And so I'm messaging my computer nerd friend, right? And he's so computer nerdish that he actually gets on and checks my connection. Because, mate, you got fibre optic right into your house. And you only want that speed? What is wrong with you? I said, I'm tight, man. Sorry. But I wonder sometimes God says, you have the connection to the most amazing power of the Holy Spirit in the whole world. And you only want that speed? You're only using that much of it? Do you hear me? I just want us to know that it's available. The same power, this passage says, that raised Christ from the dead, if you believe in Jesus, lives in you. Can you let a bit of it out? Can you get in touch with a bit of it? See, I knew this morning, I didn't want to show up. I don't feel like being here just because I'm tired and i got the man flu, right? But I knew all i got to do is show up and see if God can do something with my pathetic sacrifice. That's all we've got to do is show up and say, God, if you don't do something, nothing's going to happen. But he loves that invitation. He loves because it's his power, not mine, not yours. It's his power. The power is available to us through our relationship with Christ. We have power to say no. Hallelujah. Next time you're tempted to do something stupid that you know you shouldn't be doing, just say, you know what? I've got the power to say no to this. Because the devil's going to say, you can't help yourself. You say, I'm in Christ. I can, not only can I help myself, I can help a whole bunch of people. I have so much power. See, the devil just wants to lie to us. You got all the, it's like standing in front of a full free. I used to do this to my mum. You know, we had like a 12-foot pantry. I think they were waiting for Armageddon or something. And that thing was full of food. And I'd stand in front of them and say, there's nothing to eat. <laughs> mum knew what I meant. There's no potato chips, right? But sometimes we stand in front of a full pantry and we go, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, you can. I'm not trying to give anyone a hard time this way. I just want you to know you can do it. Not in your own strength, but in his strength. And I love what Terry shared this morning. What did you do? Yesterday you just stopped. You just had a self-care day. You know, often what we do when things turn to crap, we run harder. Don't run harder, just stop. I've been running harder than I wanted to all week and I got to class on Friday night and I just did an exercise on gratitude. So I decided to sit and I turned the lights off and had this video on and they said, get in touch with your gratitude. So I just sat there, right, got into the moment. Before I knew it, you know, a bit embarrassing, but the lights were off so I was like, okay, I'm sitting in class weeping because I deeply got in touch. We just sometimes need to stop and let God catch up with us. There's an illustration once a guy shared that God calls us sheep, not horses or donkeys. And when I first read this, I thought, oh, God, I'm so sorry for being a donkey. You know, donkeys kind of pull back and are slow and resistant and, and sheep just follow along, you know, like this. 
and horses get ahead all the time. And I'm saying, oh, God, I'm so sorry that I'm off on a, a mule or a donkey. And you know what I felt God say to me? No, you're a horse. Can you slow down? No one's ever said that to me in my life. A lot of people told me to hurry up. But God told me to slow down. Because it's so, you know, it says, Melissa read it this morning. They waited. Jesus said, go into the town and wait. What did Terry do yesterday? She waited. She didn't go find something else to do or keep busy to avoid what's going on. She just sat there, waited for God to come. Can I encourage you to wait for the power. In the Spirit, there is opportunity for Jesus' life and peace. Um, for the sense and reason of the flesh is death. In other words, if we follow this whole passage, is talking about whether we follow our human nature or our spiritual nature. But the mind set, controlled by the spirit, finds life and peace. Christ as the eternal life came so that we could have the eternal divine life. This is vastly different from thinking Christ came so that we could have a better or improved human life. Did you hear that? I'll read it again. Christ as the eternal life came so that we could have the eternal divine life. This is vastly different from thinking that Christ came so that we could have a better or improved human life. He came so that we could have him, the divine life. Now in the Bible there's three words for life, right? I'm not going to be able to quote the Greek all properly, but there's three words in the Greek, different words that mean different things in the Greek of the New, New Testament. And one means human life, like just your flesh and bones. You know, that's one part of our life is we're breathing. If you're breathing, you're alive. They use that word for life, right? Then there's another word they use for life, which is kind of psyche or something like that, and that is our mind, will, and emotions. That's our human kind of carnal, human self-willed self, if, if that makes sense, Right? And then there's this word called, and Google it when you go home, Google Zoe life. There's some great, the Greek word for the divine life is Zoe, Z-O-E is the English translation of the Greek word. And it's Jesus life. It's eternal life. It's the real life that he died to give us. More than just breathing, more than self-willedness, it's divine life. Now we get to enjoy for eternity, but it starts here and now. And I think part of it is that we enjoy the peace that passes understanding. We enjoy loving people that would normally drive us crazy, but we can't help but love them because we're so full of Jesus. It's the divine life. It's the supernatural life. And this is what was actually saying here, where it says the mindset controlled by the Spirit finds Zoe, finds eternal life, finds God life. Find supernatural life. That's the life I want. That's the life I want to live. That's the life that no matter how weak I am, I can impact others because of that life in me. Love it. This is the same word where Jesus spoke to the woman at the well. And he said, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to... Zoe. So it comes, you ever gone looking somewhere for something? Or to someone for something? What? Well, let me help you. Stop looking. 
If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, everything you'll ever need is in here. One of the best books I've ever read on healing by Canon Jim Glennon sounded a bit new age, but it wasn't. He said, your healing is within you. Because he, he took that principle, the kingdom of God. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. So if we put our faith in Jesus, he said, like he said at the woman at the well, and she got it, she put her faith in him, and suddenly she went from hiding from her whole village to telling her whole village, come see a man. She turned overnight from a recluse into an evangelist. That's the Zoe life. Let that get hold of you. You won't have to advertise church. And the word peace here is used for those who are assured of salvation. The tranquility awaiting, awaiting the return of Christ and the transformation of all things which will accompany that event. So the peace, where it says life and peace, life is eternal life and the peace that comes from knowing that you've got that. How good is that? I want to kind of, I don't know if this illustration will work, but it's fun. Sorry. Like, I've never gone... You've got nothing to throw at me, have you? I've never gone to watch the State of Origin in New South Wales. You know why that is? Because I go for Queensland, right? <laughs> See what I mean? And I've probably got one or two mates down here, right? So I invite, I invite one of them over every... We go to each other's place, right? Me and Mick, we go to each other's place new, on, on um, State of Origin night and we, we just hold each other's hand. You know, we're it. we feel like we're alone against the world, right? <laughs> and I think sometimes that's the life of when we're just following Jesus, but we're not Christ-like. When, you know, I think the, the Zoe life looks more like if I was, you know, um, watching State of Origin, Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane, surrounded by thousands of, of Queenslanders. And it wouldn't even matter whether Queensland's winning or losing. You're with all your buddies. You go, woo! Now, the illustration falls short, right? But I think that's the kind of difference of how the experience of life from if I was watching State of Origin down in Sydney with a bunch of Blues supporters compared to watching it in Brisbane with a bunch of Queensland supporters, that's kind of what it feels like. Right, kind of, are we plodding through life or are we just kind of crawling through life? God never asked us to crawl through life. He said, those who wait upon the Lord will rise up with wings as eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They will soar above circumstances. I love the guy that said, how are you going? He said, oh, not bad under the circumstances. You know, the other guy said, hey, what are you doing under there? When we're in Christ, we're in the Spirit. So this is a real encouragement. This is where I wanted to finish, right? Paul says to the Romans, you, however, are not in the realm of the flesh. In other words, he said, you know what? You're Christians, right? So you are in the Spirit. Now, he could have put it a better way, but he didn't. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. And then people go, oh, no, I haven't got the Spirit. I'm not a Christian. What he's really saying is if you are a Christian, you've got the Spirit. So stop worrying about it. Get in touch with it. And... Does that make sense? It's an encouragement. 
I love this word of encouragement. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but you're in the realm of the Spirit. If you can say, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He died for my sins, that He rose again, and really believe that, and say, you know what, God, I want to stop driving my car and I want to let you start driving it, then you are a Christian. And then you do have the access to the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to fall on the floor and pray in tongues. I've done all that stuff. And some of that's helpful. But the next day when you wake up, you need to do it again. Not as dramatically. Just say, Holy Spirit, I surrender today to you. And then the next day, Holy Spirit, I surrender today to you. Only time we have trouble accessing the Holy Spirit is when we don't want to let go of the steering wheel. Here Paul is saying that if we're in Christ, we're in relationship with him, we have the Spirit. We have available to us the spring of water welling up to eternal life. We have the life and power of the Spirit available to us. We don't need to feel condemned. We don't need to give in to sin. And we can live the Christ-filled life and enjoy the peace that comes with that because of our relationship with Jesus. It's a bit like this, right? It's, It's like, I don't know. It's this whole free thing again. Because I'm married, Melissa, I've got stuff that I'd never have otherwise if I stayed single. First, I've got four great kids. Right? Plus, I'm still in ministry because I'm not sure I would be because she's a tough one if you haven't already worked that out. I'm the wussy one. Right? So there's a number of times throughout the years where I'm quit, I quit. She goes, I'm not going anywhere. I want to stay married. I better stay. Right? So there's benefits of my relationship with Melissa, right? And the same deal when we're in Christ, when we're in relationship with him. Man, there's benefits. I don't know, except through the deception of the devil, why the whole world's not a Christian. Because it's the best deal ever, right? And I know there's a cost. And I know there's persecution. But it's still better, right? Put it in an eternal perspective if you like. People say, well, what if God's not real? Well, I've still lived a good life. I've still actually lived a full life. And actually, you can't convince me anymore that God's not real. Because he's shown up in my life so many times in unexpected ways, I just can't believe in coincidence anymore. You can if you want, but I don't. So there's benefits to being here. And one of the benefits is this power. So too, in my relationship with Christ, I enjoy freedom from condemnation. Who's under, oh, just, oh, just, there you go. I made it a fair way. Did anyone time how long that was? I just feel like we need to get free of some condemnation today. Because if you've got a relationship with Jesus, well, you know what? I don't know how to do this. How vulnerable do you want to be? Okay, unless you get vulnerable, nothing's going to help you anyway. Is it? you just got to get vulnerable. If you're a Christian today and you're struggling with vulnerable, and, and you don't have to do this, right? So think about it before you get all excited and just go with the emotion of the room. Make it a conscious decision. If you're a Christian today and you're struggling with condemnation, I want to pray into that because that is rubbish. That's rubbish. And you can, you can practice start right now of chucking that stuff off because it says there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. It's settled. Didn't the verse of the say, case closed? Case closed, right? You don't have to sit under judgment anymore. 
Because Jesus died under judgment, so you don't have to sit there. Okay? So if you're struggling with that this morning, put your hand up. Close your eyes if that makes it better, because, you know, don't want anyone gawking at you anyway. Don't gawk at each other. It's about you and Jesus, not everyone else in the room and Jesus. All right, let's pray into that, hey? Lord Jesus, I pray for a Rima word for each person that raised their hand this morning. A word taken from your written word by your spirit to make it a revelation word today. That there is no condemnation. That they are free. There is no judgment. You are not judging them. And the accuser has no power over them. And they are, we just pronounce freedom over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Just receive that, hey? I felt awkward. And I've been doing a counselling course for those of you who don't know. And um, I felt awkward the other day. I thought, oh, maybe I'm turned into a narcissist, right? Because they're sitting there saying, they're, saying guilt. they're talking about guilt, right? And I'm thinking, I don't do guilt anymore. Well, I do. Like if I stuff something up or I hurt someone or I sin, I've learned that I can say sorry straight away, receive his forgiveness and move on. So yeah, I do guilt for about five seconds. How good is that? You don't have to do guilt for more than five seconds. How long you can pray, dear Lord, forgive me for that, I receive your forgiveness. Less than five seconds. Does that make sense? We just don't have to live there. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I am at the end. Uh, this probably was. So this is where I wanted to finish. I used to be an electrician, right? And and I got this job. Um, I did a pre-apprenticeship course at TAFE and I was so excited to get a job. So, you know, you're like a little kid with candy. I ran up to my TAFE teacher after I got this job and I said, Oh, sir, or what do we call him by their first names at TAFE, whatever his name was. I said, I've got a job. I said, who with? I said, told him. It was a big company in Brisbane. I was so excited. And he goes, oh, you'll learn a lot from them. A lot of bad habits. That's all he said. Pop my little balloon. Anyway, he was right. Right, I learned a lot of bad habits. I learned a trade and that was good. But one of the things I learned that was bad was some of the tradesmen had really bad attitudes towards the boss. And I picked that Aussie thing up, you know, ah, the boss, ah, the boss, ah, you know. And this whole thing of, you know. Anyway, I went, four, fast forward four years later, I go down to the Salvation Army's Discipleship Training School and um, I learned... I think I, I, got, I got some of this worked out, how to not just follow Christ, but be Christ-like. Allow the Holy Spirit, devote a year of my life to allowing the Holy Spirit to run my life. And one of the verses that became Rema and Revelation to me was, um, work for your boss as unto Christ. And you know what? When I went back to being that same place, miraculously funny, that coincidence, in the middle of 1994 when I was in Newcastle and I needed a job, my boss was suddenly applying for elect, one of the electricians in Brisbane. So I go back to him, he took me back, right? And it was a completely different experience for me. Why? Because now I was showing up as a Christ-like electrician instead of just a Jesus-following electrician. Does that make sense? 
and allow the Holy Spirit to take his word, the word, and apply it to my life and give it application. And suddenly something dreary became exciting. I didn't even want to be an electrician, right, at that point in my life. But it was fulfilling. Why? Because I was doing it for Jesus, according to his word. I wasn't doing it for myself. I had a Holy Spirit. Trans- and this is what I'm talking about, the Zoe life, right? You can be, have a Zoe life parent. You can be a, a Zoe life lollipop lady. It's the Zoe life. It's doing God's His way. And everything becomes rich. Does that make sense? It doesn't have to be like eating cardboard anymore. It can be like eating roast lamb. What would you rather eat? How would you rather do your life? Anyway. That's all I got. Do we want to be a question? Uh, there's nothing there. All right. What's, oh, you know what I want to do? I'm sorry. I really like the new song. And I think we should celebrate this song into our spirit. That's what, did, you, did you, the words of that new song? I thought I didn't need to preach this morning. We could just sing that song six times till it got in your spirit. And we'd be okay. So can we do that? Can we stand and try and sing, but get the words into your spirit because this is is a grace thing. It's about allowing. If you want to come and kneel and pray, you can. If you need to dance to get in your spirit, do that. Whatever you need to do to to allow the Holy Spirit to take the words even of this song and apply them to your heart so that life goes from being mundane. Don't be a Judas and just follow Jesus. Some people don't even follow Jesus. Allow be a Peter or a James or a John that gets Jesus in them and then transformation happens.